Welcome everyone to the very latest bolt from the blue podcast. All kinds of stuff going on, but let's not let's not talk about that now. Let's talk about Liverpool, uh, Manchester City against Liverpool, and um, you know, obviously we were hoping to twat them, and we did, and <laughs> it was very very satisfying. But um, uh, let's just uh, before we get started, let's introduce our two guests. First of all, we've got Ray, as you expect, Ray. How are you doing, Ray? I'm doing very, very well. I'm doing very, very well. I was just thinking yesterday, I met John Barnes on the way into the ground. Uh, I had a little word with him. Really? Uh, yes, John Barnes. He was, you know, he didn't, he didn't want to stop long. I'll tell you what, John Barnes has his own postcode these days. I mean, that's a... <laughs> so is, he, is, he, is he still chunky? <laughs> oh, yeah. As I said, he's got his own postcode. He actually, you know... You had to drive round him. The, the, he's like a traffic island, uh, John Barnes. Um, but he, 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 he was in walking along. He's reasonably chatty. He, he didn't welcome uh, when I said, how much are we going to beat you by today? Though, I think those were my first words to him. Um, and he, he semi-blanked me after that. But I, I got him after the game as well and I asked him. He, he'd obviously forgotten. He, he, was, he, was less in a, he was in a less jovial mood after the game uh, than, than he was was before and I also saw Mike my, my, my Myers Mike my, Myers stopped by for a picture yeah baby um, um, so that was uh, that was alright you know he had a lot of people he had a, a slightly over officious minder with him as well who was uh, elbowing people out of the way so no, he wasn't very efficient mate he didn't keep you away from him oh mate Mike Myers was there for about 10 minutes he, he couldn't keep you away <laughs> there's a few people said you know we were moving out of the way to let the guy walk and the guy just knocks you, tries to knock you out of the way. And somebody else uh, said the same uh, to him as well. No need to push, you know. I think I think the minder would have got battered because there's a few people, you know. But it's one of those where you pick on people individually and, uh, you know, you might be a bit tough guy, but with th- three um, beard-up uh, City fans around you, I don't think he would have stood a chance, uh, plus me. Um, but uh, it was uh, very, very good. We saw, obviously, a lot of people yesterday. Um, a lot of VIPs at the game yesterday, um, and uh, uh, it'd be interesting to know who some of them were. We're not sure if there were some sh- uh, shareholders from the Far East there, um, but it was it was a uh, the, the great and the good come out for these big games. Plastic fans come out for about three games a year, uh, and this was one of them. I think I think the Liverpool games one of the only games the uh, owner came to, wasn't it? Uh, if I remember rightly, I think it's the first time we played Liverpool. It's the only time we've seen him uh, over here. Did we thump them that day as well? <laughs> well, guys, listen, listen, let's, let's welcome Bernard. And um, on that subject of an accidental meeting with a um, uh, big, you know, football celebrity, I'll, I'll tell a, a, a tiny little story and, and see if uh, Bernard has a, a similar story. Because um, when I finished my uh, first degree, I went, I like, I, I, I applied for a PhD down at Cambridge. Ob- didn't get it, actually. But I, 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 I got the train. Out, right? for, yeah, <laughs> I got the train down to um, Cambridge, um, and I fell asleep. Actually, probably had a few too many um, uh, Lucas Aids on the way down there, and I woke up, and in front of me was um, Gary Mabbott. and I, I, I woke up and I sort of blinked, and I said, "Excuse me, are you Gary Mabbott? <laughs> and he just said, "Yeah." And, did you slide tackle him? Uh, did you slide tackle him? <laughs> I didn't slide tackle him, but I did ask him about the time they got elbowed in the eye and uh, almost got his eye socket taken out by some guy. <laughs> Mike, I um, about positive stuff. Uh, bring back good memories <laughs> for uh, Gary Mabbott. 
<laughs> I know, I know. I've told that story a million times before, but um, Ber- Bernard, Gary, um, so, so, you, Mike, Mike, what was your second line, Gary? You're an ugly bastard. Uh, how did you get your eyes <laughs> bashed in? <laughs> no, 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 no. I was just trying to. Well, while I was talking to him, I was trying to figure out whether he was in that 1981 uh, team that beat us in the um, in the cup final. But I don't think he was actually. Um, but anyway, let's welcome Bernard and um, uh, and say hi, Bernard. And have you ever had an accidental meeting with a famous footballer that you hadn't expected? No. <laughs> no. I've always met my footballers when I've expected to meet them. I've been people like Roy Clark in the old City Social Club, stuff like this, having chats with him and things, things like that. And obviously, Joe Corrigan. I've always been places where City players or staff have always expected to be I've, I've not been on holiday expected to the be. closest I've got is I was, I was at Disneyland and Donald Trump walked past me once well that's that's about the only guy I've, I've ever met accidentally <laughs> that I probably didn't want to meet but in all Mike, fairness no, I might as well throw in there I met uh, Joe Royal up in uh, Leyland last year I met Joe Royal uh, in a park in Leyland and, uh, well accidentally yeah, well, yeah, accidentally. I, I'm not, I didn't go up there to meet you. Know? <laughs> You've been stalking him, stalking him for three days. <laughs> yeah. So I said, we need you for Ball for the Blue. We need you for the Franny Lee years. Um, no, I met him and, and the chap, uh, Man City chaplain uh, and uh, their their wives uh, were there. I did insult uh, their wives uh, by mistake. I think I mentioned something about their ages. <laughs> um, uh-huh. anyway. I didn't know they were there. Well, anyway. Like we're six minutes in, shall we talk uh, Liverpool? Well, yeah, let, let's get on to it. <laughs> Welcome, Bernard, and uh, let's get into this particular game. And uh, as you know, we always start out with lineups. And uh, I'm just going to go through the two lineups here, and then we're going to ask uh, Bernard what his score was. So for Man City, we had a Derson, Stones, Akanji, Diaz, Ake, Rodri, Gundogan, De Bruyne, Mares, Grealish, and Alvarez. For Liverpool, they had quite a strong team, guys. I thought Alisson, Robertson, Van Dyke, Konate, Alexander, and uh, Arnold. That was what they would regard as their their well, best well, rear guard. Well, they're not going to play a weekend team. They've not exactly got any cup or Champions League games to think about, have they? Well, have they been knocked out? They had <laughs> they they had Fabinho, Elliot, Henderson, Gakpo, who was quite lively, Jota, and uh, Salah. So, okay, Bernard, let's hear it. Uh, how yeah, many did well, you get right? <laughs> I got nine, right? I was utterly, utterly surprised that Bernardo didn't play because he loves he loves the game against Liverpool. And I think we all know, you know, Bernardo and Liverpool go together like uh, a nice brew, don't they? A nice brew, a nice tea bag and a, and a, a brew of coffee or something like that. But So that surprised me, I must admit. He was one of my missing two. And I must admit, I did my team on the Tuesday and... Probably by Thursday, Friday, I was thinking I should have put Alvarez in. I just, I just, I don't know why I didn't put Alvarez in. So really, he was the other guy that that I missed out on. But uh, I just thought Pep would play a, a weird combination. He did really with Stones, didn't he? Obviously, we'll talk about it in a bit. But you know, that was the weird thing for me because I thought Stones, what's he doing? Was he where's he playing him again? So yeah, so I was happy with nine based on the fact I was a total idiot not putting Alvarez in in the first place. And I think most people expected Bernardo to play. Yeah, I mean, Bernardo yeah. didn't come on yeah. with ten minutes to go, um, and it's a shame. It's a shame he came. He didn't come on with a, a cup of tea. Brew. Yeah, <laughs> a few people have said that. Well, Ray, I was going to ask you. Um, uh, did you not think that Liverpool would have put on their answer to Erling Haaland, which is Darwin Nunes? But he he was a bench warmer. He was bench warmer. It's uh, 
He's Liverpool's Erling Haaland, isn't he? Um, to be honest, <laughs> I, I don't think he. I think he's just come back from injury, hasn't he? So, um, if I'm, I'm trying to remember now what a, what the situation was two weeks ago um, at the international break. So, look, uh, Gakpo's look as Bernard says, he's looked lively in the last few games, um, and um, Jota Jota was was good before he got his injury. So. Um, I, I, it was no, there's no massive surprises, but it was interesting to look at Liverpool's midfield, and that I think where is going to be where a, a lot of the game would focus. Where you got Henderson past it, he's just got a mouth these days, and that's it. He's past it. Fabinho well past it, and then Harvey Elliott, young kid. So you know, Liverpool is a much changed beast. They should never, in my opinion, have let uh, Wijnaldum go. I think they they missed a trick. Just paid the guy the money he wants, and he just you know he may have stuck around. Uh, I think they've never recovered since he left. Mm-hmm. Bernard, they've never really dealt with that midfield. I mean, that's always been their problem. But anyway, here's a quote from uh, uh, Pep Guardiola on BT Sport before the game, talking about Erling Haaland, and he says. Holland is much, much better, but not fully fit for today. No risk. I'm fully confident another player is going to play. During the season, these kinds of things will happen. But I have a feeling that if we win, we'll be closer. And then I would like to read the rest, but it's all like a word salad, so I'm not going to bore you with it. But um, they they have a very, very weak midfield, uh, Bernard, I think. Yeah, I mean, let's face it, they've never never done, as far as creativity is concerned, the midfield has, ne- has never been Klopp's uh, master, master stroke, has it? They sort of bypass it most of the time, as we saw yesterday, with, of course, on a couple of occasions. You don't, you don't really need them. We need They need them for the press, which is what they do. But as Ray was saying there, uh, these guys now, they're, they're not doing it. They're not doing what they were doing successfully. Uh, even perhaps last season, the season before, we're not going that far back, but all of a sudden, the... It's just not working for him. I think we that game yesterday was a microcosm of Liverpool season. I think uh, of what they've been doing. That's a big word, Bernard. Microcosm. <laughs> yes, I like that one. I've got that in my file now. I keep keep throwing it out there every so often. Uh, Paul, I've got to say, Bernard, you're right. Paul Lambs, Liverpool. Yeah, Paul Lambs. I feel so sorry for them. <laughs> they were so close to winning it all last season. So close. You know, their fans did think they were going to win it all, especially when we were two 0 down at home to the Villa. Um, but now <laughs> they know we're in sight, and it's such a good feeling. Guys, are you, are you trying to tell me that both of you guys didn't enjoy my little um, tweet from the the Anfield rep called the post match pint, where these guys were crying into their into their pints of Guinness and trying to uh, like point oh. out tiny little points in the game where they played well? No, Mike. The thing is, the difference is. When you enjoy AFTV. that, Ray. I know no, you enjoy no, 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 no. it. The problem is, okay, when AFTV do it, they just go off the wall. Okay, when, you know, when you had idiots like Troops and uh, Mr. DT, Jailbird Mr. DT, and, and, and a few others, they just went completely bananas, okay? And, and, and they were just, you know, whereas the Anfield Rap try and dissect it intelligently and show how they were unlucky. And how you know? I think they said they were the better side in the first half. And all it's that Neil cool. Atkinson. He, he he thinks he's a um, he thinks he's like some kind of scholar. I, I guess. Yeah, but he's just an ass, you know. Um, <laughs> you know, just no, no. Look, if he didn't have the hair on his head, he'd look like an ass. He's just a hairy ass these these days. I mean, I'm going to be we, 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 we controversial as well. Let's be controversial. No, no, no. They talk utter guff, utter guff. 
you know, they could take a, a leaf out of our books, and we talk sense on this channel, uh, I think, most of the time. Um, but no, I, I don't even laugh at the Anfield rap. I cringe. There's a big difference. You know, AFTV, you cringe in a different way. And it is some, it used to be anyway, compelling, quite compelling viewing for a while. You go through a phase where for several months you might watch the AFTV. Now, I, I, don't, I just don't bother. Anfield rap. I only watch it when you send us a link. We think, all right, maybe Mike's seen something funny here. You watch it, and it's just the same drivel. All this is the same drivel again and again and again. It's like a broken record. <laughs> and it's all, I'm, I'm going to be careful. I'm going to choose my words very carefully here. It's always somebody else's fault. It's the owner's fault. It's, net, it's not clocked at all, whatever. There's always a finger to point. And it's, it's a, I say, look, you people have blamed clock. They blame the owners, they blame the players, but they haven't blamed the fans. So this time, let's put it on the fans. Let's blame the fans. I mean, those fans yesterday, most of them had gone by 70 minutes. Most of the fans That's true. And they had a reduced uh, allocation anyway, and most of them had scarpered by, the, uh, by 70 minutes. And it was really funny when the Liverpool players came over uh, to their what was left of their away fans to clap them. There wasn't hardly anybody left. There was no noise. And, and here's another thing, before I forget... There was absolutely no noise from the Liverpool fans. It's the first time I can recall in a stadium where there's a decent, you know, allocation for the opposition, and they actually turn up. Not some of these European games where you get twelve fans turning up, where I've not heard the opposition fans. And I'm in the south stand, so I'm basically on tier three. So I'm in the same stand as the Liverpool fans. They're just, you know, uh, on, on on the right of me, um, and I did not hear them even after they scored. I didn't hear them chanting, cheering, jeering or anything. They were the quietest fans I've ever, I can ever recall uh, at Etihad uh, Stadium. They, they were, they were yeah, I, think they were, I think they were shocked at the, the nasty songs we were singing at them. I think, I think, that, I think that threw them off. They, they were disgusted with it, with it, of course, and it was all our fault. It was all the City fans' fault for, for chanting nasty, it, nasty words. But if, if the thing is, if you hear, if you hear or re read the stuff on, uh, on, in the media uh, that has come out, uh, the usual suspects having a pot, and they say, "Oh, it was all the city fans, all the majority of them." You know, no, it the whole stadium, the whole stadium was doing it. You know, I tell you what, I must have been subconsciously doing it, Bernard. I must have been subconsciously berating them with the nasty songs. Yeah, me and it's, the family, the family stand started it. It wasn't it was the kids. stand. It was the family stand. Kids. It's those four and five year old kids who come to the stadium and sing nasty songs. Look, wherever you go, whichever fan base you want. Yeah, you can have the Vatican City fan base and they'll still sing nasty songs about other people. There's always a small element that will overstep the line, okay? And Liverpool fans are no, no different. Every fan base will have a group of individuals that do that. And you probably there were probably a few that said something yesterday. But where I was, there was no nasty songs. There was only one. What really annoys me is how City come out and sort of, uh, just okay. uh, apologise. I mean, what all that about? I mean, apparently he got hit by a missile. The, the coach, didn't it? The Liverpool coach as well. But I said it. Apparently got hit by a missile going through a, going through a housing estate. It wasn't it wasn't actually at the ground. Yeah. But I mean, it could have been a bloody scouser for all anyone knows. But yeah, yeah. all I mean, of a sudden, it's all, it's, all, it's all about one object being thrown at a coach. You know, it all becomes that. And as Ray said, there we have to speak very carefully what we say. But it's just the same old, same old with them. Look, it's one object thrown by potentially just one person. It might not even be a City fan. It might be a United fan. Yeah, okay? yeah absolutely. As it wasn't at the ground, I don't know how far away from the ground it was. 
Um, one person has done that. We can't say it anymore we're involved. And you're basically castigating 50,000 other fans for the action of one person on a street who we, we don't know who it was, whether it was a City, United, even a Liverpool fan, because they must have been... It was probably, probably Klopp's dad. <laughs> no, it was, it, 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 was, it was actually me, Ray. I threw that. No, it was... Uh, Uwe, it, I launched, no, no, it, I launched it through space. No, it was Uwe Rossler's dad. He was just... <laughs> come forward in time he's uh, come a bit late for this one but look the truth is it was a brick a brick was thrown at the bus it damaged the window if that were a copperberg bottle of copperberg no problem no one would have seen it so I don't know what or, or 500 that. bottles of copperberg yeah I know when they when, when they were uh, I think when it, when people were complaining about the damage to the Liverpool bus I think everyone every City fan was going oh shut up yeah, I mean, yeah. Isolated incidents caused by one or two, just a very small group of people who may have been chanting stuff in the ground. You know, if they, you're not going to get it from the family stand, you're not going to get it from uh, the Colin Bell stand, and uh, you're not going to get if, if if there's any noise and that things, it's going to be from the side stand. The worst, the worst that I heard was. You scouse bastards, and that was it. That's the worst I heard. If there's any more? There's nothing worse than that. And and tell me, are they wrong? You know, they said something that was uh, factually correct. So there's there's nothing wrong with that. They're just giving, calling them by the, by the by the name. And you know, if any of those uh, fans who were at the game yesterday can prove who their father was, then we won't sing that song. But I don't think many of them can. All right. Well, slow your roll, guys. Slow your roll a second. Now, both of my guys were at the game. Uh, one of the things that um, I thought was uh, absolutely amazing, Ray, you've got that jacket. I want that jacket, the one with the fur-lined hood where you look like Nanook of the North. I want that. Uh, where where can well, we get that from? Mike, Mike, that was my lad's jacket because I've got I've got one I bought many, many years ago. And his, lad's my- only, his lad's only seven years old, guys. <laughs> A lad's 15, he's t- taller than me. Uh, I have to be careful what I say to him now. He's, you know, he's coming up to six. Uh, Ray, Ray you look so beautiful with that with that massive mane of hair yeah, around I you. Love that. I love that mane. The other one I think has got a better mane. Uh, but my lad, I said, can I swap jackets with you? Because I quite like this one as a as a spare. And he said, no. But I mean, basically, I'll wear it whenever I, I can nick it from him. And I'll be on the lookout. That was from Barber, that, that jacket. I actually went down shopping yesterday. I thought I could, if I can find another one, they'd sold out, uh, which is a shame um, in the shop I went. So I might have to have a look somewhere else this week, see if I can find one, because it is it is particularly nice. All right, let's get on to the game, guys. First 17 minutes before the first goal. How was it going for you, Bernard? How did City open up? What was the atmosphere like? How did you feel? How do you think City were playing for that first uh, 15 or so minutes? Yeah, the atmosphere was okay. As Ray said, the Liverpool fans were very quiet, but early kickoffs are always a bit, a bit iffy as far as atmosphere is concerned. It was all right. It wasn't constant booing the Liverpool or anything like that, but it was fine. And I thought City were generally on on top uh, up to sixteen and a half minutes. Um, Mares had a close one into the. It was always going wide. I think there was a lot made of that, but from my angle behind, behind him, it always looked as though it's going to go wide of the post. Sorry, Ray. We had a few moments. Then that was that the Maris free kit you're talking about. That went. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just I'm sort of going back in the Gakpo incident with, with Edison. I I don't I, I didn't see that back on back play, but obviously no. it looked a bit 
a lot cool to me. That's where Edison does against Liverpool. He, he tests he tests goal line technology and stuff when we play Liverpool. He likes to keep people interested. But there were things I think Ray might have a couple of moments. But as yeah. I say, I think we were on top the first 16, 17 yeah, minutes. I, I agree with that. Um, I mean, I think we give the ball away early in the first half, in the first minute, I think, which give Liverpool a, a bit of a, uh, a, an opportunity to have a, have the ball because they, know, they weren't going to get the ball much that game. And uh, there was a I think it was a KDB cross to the far post to Gundogan, who was on the stretch. He tried to pull it back for Alvarez, I think, but it was too near the keeper. The keeper came out and dive got the ball. There was an, another, you know, quarter chance of of creating a a good opportunity. But as Bernard uh, has already said, we were well on top. I, I think well on top, sixty forty to City. You know, we were the ones who were creating the better half chances. Liverpool were riding a bit of luck. They were relying simply on our mistakes. You know, there's that one Edison did early on where he kicked it into one of the defenders. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we were at the, at the point, because we were saying, kick it, kick it, kick it. And then he just kicks it <laughs> on the defense. Uh, one of, sorry, one of their attackers. And we're just like holding our heads. Edison, come on. And, I'm, and I'm, sometimes I do think if we could have a proper keeper, maybe we'd, we'd win stuff because he's, you know, it, we've had that argument before. I don't think it's today's that day for the argument. But we were on top. Their goal was definitely against the run of play. And uh, I think, if, if I'm honest, Akanji was at fault um, as the ball came over because um, he didn't step up. You know, um, Liverpool players... Well, well let, let, let's talk about this this goal because I think it was the only good thing that Alexander-Arnold did in the game because he got ripped, ripped to pieces by Jack Grealish the whole game. But anyway, he stuck one down the middle. I think it was um, um, Bernard. And that uh, put uh, Jota clear and that led to Liverpool's first goal on the 17th minute. Am I right? Yeah, I mean, they, they, beat, we were, they beat a press, hadn't they? And it, I don't think it was the greatest press by City because it ended up being beat straight sort of down the middle of the pitch by the time... Uh, uh, Alisson got it got it free and it looked quite simple and then as, as you said uh, the problem is that Yotta sort of stopped and paused and come back and at the same time of course Akanji was confused and did exactly the same so from our angle you thought well he, he could be offside it could, might not be a problem eventually I mean the Lionel yesterday was spending about a minute two minutes every time raising his flag after the incidents which is what they're supposed to do but it is annoying to say the least but when he when he's Printed clear, um, yeah. It looks as though we sorted it. It looks as though, uh, of course, he got back a Kanji, didn't he, and, yeah. and stopped at Yotta. But then, obviously, Salah. No one had picked Salah up running, running on on the on the right, and we know Salah with his left foot from that angle. Uh, uh, poor old Edison's. All right, Ray's had a go at him already, but poor old Edison's got no chance of stopping yeah. that one because that's 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 meat and you know meat and drink for Salah. Although obviously looking at penalty he took last time I saw him, uh, it probably isn't, but it certainly was. And yeah, I think Akanji got a lot of stick for that. Um, I'm not I'm not just blaming him solely, and but you know you're playing Liverpool, they still have the ability to do these things. Do you know, I thought the stick Akanji got at half time when I looked at tw uh, the Twitter feed when I was uh, during the break. I just thought it was a little bit unfair on him. Yes, he was at fault, but hey, you, you know, you, you can't be put, you're not going to be 100% every game. So, yeah, he was at fault, but I think uh, they got a little bit lucky. I think Yotta got a little bit lucky, yeah. as I said, because he, he sort of came back and then went again. So, in the melee of it, when it went to VAR, obviously it, it was onside and it, it was it was a, a goal against the run of the players, Ray said. Do you, do you think he interfered? I mean, it's hard. I've not seen a good enough, close enough replay. 
and not, we're at the other end of the ground. Do you think he interfered with Akanji? Akanji didn't complain. No, no. And no. that sometimes can be in the heat of the moment because he knew he'd left him onside with disappointment of a goal. Uh, and I seemed to hold him. He seemed, seemed to do something. But I, as thought I, he, say, I thought he at least, um, what's the word, obstructed him. It looked yeah. like, I mean, obviously, well, I'm 100 metres away. Um, and up it, would have been so, it would have been soft, to be honest with you. Yeah. But uh, you know, if that had been against United or someone, they would have lot, looked a lot deeper into yeah. it than they did for this one. The thing is, if you obstruct him and stop him for even quarter of a second, that quarter of a second could... Uh, one second he, he could have got his foot to that ball and kicked it away Quarter, half a second he could have got his foot there and blocked it blocked Salah's shot we don't know but yeah. it's obviously no one's uh, picked up on it no yeah. one's focused on it so <laughs> there's not much uh, else to say unless someone picks up and says look this is what happened or looks like it. We know we're not, we're not going to get them when they're against yeah. us are they? we, know, we know they'd be looking to find detail if it had been some other teams have been in the same sort of position but yeah. with those we have to accept it and get on with it unfortunately we did and it's always the case when there's a chance of chalking off a Liverpool goal let me be as either not working or it was the wrong angle or we didn't have a camera there or they just move on really quickly and when it's a chance to chalk off one of ours let's manually study this for three or four minutes uh, yeah, well, well well guys um, let, let's talk about this interesting incident it's probably about sort of eight or nine minutes later and um liverpool fans thought it could have been two but who's this racing back to block um <laughs> mohammed salah but it's jack Grealish. what the hell's going on there bernard what what's yeah. this business it was wonderful. I mean, from our angle, you could just see him pegging it. I mean, it's like a greyhound, like a whippet, like the old-fashioned whippet. It was on 22 minutes, uh, this one. Of course, um, yeah, it's just brilliant. It's just brilliant. We love, we love Jack Grealish. I think I think Alvarez did something similar and Pep applauded it. I'm not, I'm not sure whether he applauded Jack Grealish, but he should have done. But it was uh, pretty poor from Salah, I think, wasn't it? I, I think he should have yeah. done a little bit better. He, obviously, he got closed down so he couldn't shoot, but really he should have put it out to the who was the other guy was it Yotta up with him on the on the right I remember yeah he should, he should have I mean if that had been KDB it would have been uh, pinpoint cross to the guy on the right the Liverpool player and uh, it would have been a, a you know 2-0 uh, and a, a mountain to climb at that stage but Jack Grealish uh, what, a, what a game we will talk about yeah, him obviously yeah. but uh, the nearly man he's not not a nearly man and more of those please Jack because we've called you the nearly man but based on yesterday absolutely brilliant he's it, just the way he leaves people standing and the way he just pegged it back for that, it, it was just tremendous. And he got a bit of luck. He got a bit of luck to get the deflection. But so what? Uh, he thoroughly deserved it. And well well done, Jack, saving a second goal. Well, I actually think that... Um, uh, I, I think it was a poor header. I think, did we have a corner? Stones, wasn't it? It was Stones trying Stones. to edit back to KDB, wasn't it? Yeah, which was ridiculous because yeah. in my, he's trying to... He should have headed that back into the into the mix. He should have headed it back into the, into the box and then dropped back. But he tried to head it to, to KDB. Uh, he got belted up field, and Salah was well clear. And in fact, there's no way he's about, he's about ten yards in his own half, wasn't he? Yeah. When he set off, yeah. There's no way Jack Grealish should have got to Salah. There's no, no. way. In fact, no. Salah should have been shooting and scoring one on one, and you'd you'd have put your money on that. So I don't know why Salah slowed it down. I mean, Jack Grealish hasn't developed. He's not. He's lots as always a yard or two faster yesterday. That well, was well, for sure. You know. Uh, you know. Under the, you know, there's a lot of coppers there yesterday. Under the coppers' eyes, Jack Grealish takes a slug of nitrous and phew, 
he's up there, he catches up to, to Mo Salah. And look, yeah, you're right, Bernard. He got lucky. He managed to get his foot to that. Liverpool should have been tuning up. And, you know, even though we, we battered them in the second half, I think it would have been tough for us to come back from a 2-0 down in the first half. You know, a lot of pressure would have been on us then. And obviously, we'd have been had to play a bit more open and we could have got hit on the break again. Um, well, 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 Bernard, uh, fresh from saving us from a second goal, up he goes again, uh, Grealish. Um, and um, he got slipped through by uh, Gundogan, uh, sprung the Liverpool trap and uh, made made the the goal for um, for for Alvarez, I, I, I thought. What did you think? Yeah, 28 minutes. Uh, of course, it was KDB, wasn't it? I think who started it. Yeah. A nice little flick through that way. He was sort of fought out off balance, but he managed to flick it through to release Mahrez in the first place. And of course, uh, Gundo again, he, he did a, a sort of half spin, prima ballerina sort of thing to sort of, he was facing the opposite way, did a little spin, let the ball do the work, which is what, what good players do. And of course, uh, Jack was back in his familiar position. Uh, I think uh, I think it went through. Did it go through old Trent's legs, old TAA's legs when he crossed it? So we got a little bit of luck again with the cross. I don't think it was in front of him. I think it literally went through his split legs. And uh, of course, our other number nine, uh, the the other the smaller, less less uh, six, not not more more five foot eight than six foot four guy, uh, is there the right place, right time? He is a, a striker's goal. But what team? I mean, I think most of our goals or all of our goals, yes. They were great teamwork building up to them, and and this this wasn't a thoroughly deserved equaliser. Yeah, let's just take a sidebar here uh, a minute, um, Ray. A lot of people are sp- uh, speculating that uh, Argundo will um, sail off into the sunset in the summer. Are, are you buying that? Well, he's not signing a new contract, and so you, he's what thirty-two. You ask yourself, what's going on? Um, you know, Mares last season he signed a one-year contract extension. Uh, I, I'm guessing Gundo has been offered a one-year deal. Maybe he wants two or three. I, I don't know. It, it could come down to many things. It could come down to length of contracts. It could come down to um, the number of games he's playing. But he's club captain at the moment, so uh, that's in his favour to stay. It could come down to all sorts of you know money. Um, you know because it's your last. It is probably his last payday. Um, and maybe the the idea of spending a few years in Spain might appeal to him last two or three years of his career. Um, if it was to Real Madrid, I'd say yeah. If Real Madrid came knocking at, I, I, you know, I, I I think he it's worth considering because Real Madrid are serial Champions League winners, and that's what he wants. I don't think he'd want to. Why would you want to go to Spain just to win La Liga, which is an inferior league? Barcelona are way off the pace in the you know they, they got beat by Man United. And it wasn't even the Champions League; it was the Europa League. So, um, you know, if, if it, where else do you go? Do you go back to Germany? I, I mean, I just don't see the need. But he might also be worried that, uh, you know, if we get for argument's sake, he's already mixing, you know, um, with KDB and, and uh, Bernardo for a starting spot. If we get someone like Jude Bellingham as well, and another midfielder, we're, we're apparently after, you know, and I, I, I don't see why Gundogan can't get the, you know, maybe some information from Jude or other people at Dortmund as to what Jude might be doing. Maybe he thinks, well, you know, KDB is going to be here next season. Maybe Jude Bellingham, maybe somebody else. Maybe I'm better off leaving now than when I'm 33. He's, I'm he's got another midfielder to contend with called uh, John Stones, hasn't he? That's a, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah. So there's a there's a lot going on. Um, for, 
For me, I, ho I hope I want him to stay. I don't mind if Bernardo leaves because I think someone's gonna someone's gonna go, and I don't mind if it's Bernardo if we get someone like Jude Bellingham in his place, um, and uh, then we've got uh, once again three great midfielders to choose from for two spots. That's going to provide competition, which is I think is essential. And it's going to provide top quality. When someone's injured or suspended or need to rest, you've got some t another top class player to come in. What do you reckon, Bernard? Do you think it's the um, the classic wife effect? Obviously, uh, Gundogan has got a, a lovely wife, and uh, she might be um, uh, pining for the the hotter climbs of other European or uh, other uh, countries to go to. Yeah, I think if Gundo was staying, he'd be the contract to be signed now. Uh, I honestly think he'll be on his way. When City are purring like we were yesterday, Gundo's very efficient in that system. He, look, he, look, he looks a far better player. When we're, when we're not quite at it, he's perhaps not been on top of the game this season when we've been struggling a little bit, but he's uh, he's done his bits. But for me, yeah, I have to think at this stage, we're in, what, we're in April now. Uh, if it's not been signed now, he... He will be going. I can't imagine he'll be there next season, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Ray, you know, sorry, but, sorry, do you know anything about his wife? Why, why would she want um, to move, move on? Well, probably because it's not the not the hottest climate in um, in um, in Manchester. Well, I'm sure she could wait another twelve or twenty four months, couldn't she? Surely. <laughs> yeah, because it, uh -huh. it, I mean, you'd like to think he would. I mean, yes, he can't. Challenge wife what to do, but uh, you'd like to think that he could, um, um, yeah, she could wait for him to maybe, you know, have one more season at City to win stuff, you know, and, and support his career. Although it might be that he's looking at sporting her career. I mean, who knows? I mean, she's, uh, I'm just trying to get some inform information about it. If this is the right right woman, she's, it's probably uh, not a good idea to bring up photographs, um, Ray. It's 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 very distracting. No, no, I'm not bothered about that. Uh, no, right. Okay, she is uh, twenty. Uh, she's born in 1995, so that would make her, come on, Mike, 27. Uh, Italian uh -huh. actress, TV presenter. She, I, isn't she going to have a baby soon? Yep. Okay. I think they've already had one. Okay. Um, so it uh, can't be that long. So I'm just trying to see. You know, I was, I was just thinking about um, the effect of, uh, of um, not many people talk about this, but, I mean, wives have quite a big influence on what players do, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, I mean, is it that, obviously I don't know his family background, and if you could persuade Ilki to come on, maybe he'll tell us a bit about himself, um, fat chance. Um, but is it that she's been living here for a few years and look, people can make agreements to say, look, let's go wherever... You know, we'll do X number of years here, and then we'll follow your career. So, going back to someone, going back to where she comes from, Italy. There's loads of clubs who'll take uh, Gundogan, and maybe, maybe he, he'd, he'd uh, be happy with uh, with that um, for, for a, a happier family life. I'm not saying he's not happy. But please don't get me wrong. But sometimes you can't make that, make that agreement. When I when I got married, I had an agreement with my missus. She went off to do a, a job in the Middle East, um, working in Dubai. Um, when we got married, so you know, also you make these agreements and you you look at what your for your career. You know, you look. We don't expect her to just sit at home and be a housewife. She has she's a uh, she has a, a successful career of her own. So why is it that, in, especially in the twenty first century, that we only look to the man and say, 
his career is the most important and it should be supported and not he, uh, the, the, the woman, uh, the female part of this relationship. So uh, probably got my words all mixed up there. But why can't her career be as important as his? And why can't he be supportive of the person he loves? All right. Well, listen, let's get off this and go to the 35th minute. Bernard, the Liverpool fans were screaming for Rodri to get sent <laughs> off for a second yellow. Did you see that? Well, he got bots in the 33rd minute for trying to swap shirts a little bit early, wasn't it? <laughs> he should have waited until full-time, unfortunately. So, I think it was Jota again, wasn't it? I mean, Jota, Jota was a busy lad yesterday, wasn't he? But, yeah, I mean, I've not seen it played back. I can only go off what I saw. I mean, this, this, this time it was Rodri clattering into the back of yeah, that I, pool, I, just I thought think. it was clumsy. I thought perhaps it was still... But we're talking Simon Hooper here. Simon Hooper let at least a couple of the Liverpool players get away with murder and didn't book any of them. Uh, he just booked Rodri a couple of minutes before. So he would he would have been a brave man, actually, to, to send him off, I mean, uh, give him a second yellow. Because, he, you know, it's not in his, he's not in his CV. He doesn't book many players. He only booked one player from each side yesterday. And I think, uh, I don't think he would have wanted the stick he would have got if he'd sent Rodri off. There's no way he was going to send him off. And to me, it was just, it was something and nothing anyway. But as I said, only from what I saw at the game, it just looked, uh, you know, something and nothing. I, I would have been very shocked. and Well, not shocked because it's City, but would have been very surprised if Hooper had shown a second yellow for that, in all fairness. But, you know, Liverpool players, Henderson in particular, they're going to have a goal, going to harangue the referee, and obviously they get away with that as well, don't they? Don't get bookings for that when, yeah. when they're haranguing referees. But uh, no, I, I thought it was uh, hope, hopeful. But as uh, as Klopp said, uh, even with 10 men, we probably still stuffed them anyway. But uh, never going to happen for me. I was I'm glad it didn't. But the thing is, when Hooper booked him for the, for the pullback, I mean, I, I think Fernandinho would have got away with that because as soon as he pull, pulled him back, he had to get the yellow card. There was no, no other option, really. The second one was... But he, when Hooper booked him, he pointed as if he, he'd done, done it twice. Yeah, it's another thing. Yeah. And so that kind of uh, added up, and that's why he got the yellow card. The the second one that he did, it was much less. There was much less contact. There was much le much less of a pullback. Uh, and um, so, if you're well, going to, we see know Rodri has got previous for doing yeah. some having it like Edison. He has the odd brain fart, and he, he shouldn't have got in that position. It, but it, it, it would have been here's the thing. Been daft. Fernandinho would have hopefully been a bit closer and would have just nudged him off the ball or nudged him in the back, knocked him off balance, given it a free kick away. But he wouldn't have put his hands on him. I just don't think he'd have done that. Um, and Rodri's still got, uh, I said it when he came, he's got a bit to learn in that department. If that's what, the way you're going to do uh, and you're going to have to play sometimes. Ray, 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 what, what Rodri hasn't mastered from from Fernandinho is that beautiful thousand-watt smile that he gave the referee yeah. <laughs> that charmed, 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 charmed the, the ass off him. And Absolutely. basically, Absolutely. Um, um, and, and Rodri doesn't quite have that yet, I think. But the thing is, when it says Hooper was so inconsistent, Fabinho, very early on, he, he made two fouls, which I'm obviously a City fans were clamoring for a yellow card. And he, he actually knocked uh, Gundogan over. So that's in the first 10 or 12 minutes. And he got nothing. And Gundogan went down holding his face. Um, and But he got nothing for that. Nothing at all. So 
Um, you know, he was being very, very lenient. I, I think throughout the game, he was lenient throughout the game. He there's a couple more times he could have booked players, and he chose not to. That that dive we'll talk about, mention in the second half. <laughs> flagrant dive, no booking. No, no, no but it really annoys me. These dives, you see. Okay, VAR. I thought you used to retrospectively do things now on that sort of thing. Well, VAR, I could have done it at the time. Uh, no, well, they, no, they, mm. they looked if they'd given a penalty. They should retrospectively look at that because what you're trying to do, you're calling the ref, but you're trying to win a penalty and get a player sent off potentially. That's that's very, very serious. That changes the nature of a game, winning a penalty and having a, an opponent sent off. That's that's massive. So you're trying to impact the game in a massive way. And the worst you get is a yellow card. And at best, in this case, nothing. Not even a talking to you from the ref. So it, it was ridiculous. Well, um, Bernard, yeah, just uh, the, the final uh, minutes of that half, someone was coming into the game. And um, as much as curmudgeonly uh, Ray will be um, uh, hard-pressed to, to, to admit it, um, Mares was beginning to look like it was beginning to look like a diamond at the end of that um, half, and I was, I was, I was like thinking, oh, something's going to happen with him in the second half. He he was looking good, Bernard. Yeah, I think all the City players. I think I think as we know with City, when we click, uh, the players look fantastic. Some of the movement yesterday was superb. Uh, Mares is probably one of the the weaker lights, if you like, of yesterday. I would say he's you know he, he had a superb game, but he certainly wasn't up there with the uh, three or four of the other guys. Uh, and yeah, when we're on it, when we're on it, people like Mares, Grealish, uh, with their skills, which they've got in spades, haven't they? You know, Mares can take you take a a ball down so so nicely from any sort of angle. We very rarely have seen cock it up and he loves that sort of thing. When City are firing, all right, it's only 1-1 at the time, but we're growing in confidence and we do have a lot of players who who look superb when everything's going right. And uh, Mares is no exception. He, he just he enjoyed himself, and that's part and part, like KDB enjoyed himself. You know, they all, they all enjoyed themselves. Alvarez enjoyed himself. It was just one of those games yesterday. Even at 1-1, you could see the confidence flowing through the team. Yeah, I've got to be honest. Ray, I was a little uh, frustrated. I've got to, sorry, Mike. I'm just going to chuck this in. I was a little bit frustrated in that first half because um, we didn't have that out ball uh, out wide to someone with pace. Because Grealish, Gre- and we used it a few times, but not from Edison. You know, because we didn't have the the pace with uh, with Grealish and uh, Mares, we couldn't just launch it over the top from Edison. We weren't knocking it over Trent's head like, quite regularly because he's crap. At defending and, and paying attention, but that was from, uh, say, a midfielder or a defender making the pass, but not from Edison. And I think that's the only thing that I would have liked to have seen in that first half was a little bit more pace. That's my only concern with having Mares and, and Grealish because he don't have that blistering pace. And I just thought, if, if you know, I, I just dream back to when Leroy Sane was there because we could have just Edison could have just launched that over Trent's head and and. and Sani would have got there well clear of uh, of uh, Trent Alexander Arnold, and that's the that's the only ingredient I think we're missing. You know, uh, from the city side is occasionally pace in the front and pace at the back because obviously we didn't have Walker, um, and then you ask yourself who's the fast one <laughs> at the back. Um, so just a little bit more pace going through the side, and as obviously you know, Gundogan, KDB, thirty-two years old, Maris, thirty-two. As people are getting older, they're going to drop off in pace as well. So. I think that's going to be another important thing to look at in the summer. Well, we uh, it, it was 
was a very, very interesting uh, first half. And towards the end, we we were seeing something quite sad, and that was the systematic dismantling of Alexander-Arnold um, time and time again. But, guys, one thing I thought was very, very funny, and I'm going to turn to Bernard for this. Um, I don't know if you picked up on this, but when the equaliser went in, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the quote from the Guardian. Costas Shibikas is unfortunate uh, is fortunate enough to be wandering by the technical area when <laughs> Pep seems to ask him if he wants to give him a high five, and he <laughs> celebrated in front of him, and Shibikas didn't know what to do. <laughs> that was so funny. It's oh, you know, to get quizzed over it after the game. I mean, it, you know, what's Pep supposed to do? Just so he, we know he's an emotional guy. Uh, the substitutes perhaps should have a bit of nouse about him and stay, just stay out of the way. But he entered his technical box, so Pep could do what the hell he wanted. He was in Pep's technical box. So, uh, yeah, and he tried. And I don't think, let's ask the player, was the player upset about it? I don't think the player not, was bothered. Not really, not really. Answer. No, so I mean, what what is all the fuss? And they do try again. It's, you know that Wallace is it the the journal yeah. afterwards tries to make something of it. It's, it's just ridiculous. Does it happen to other teams? Probably not. It's just because it's City and it's Pep, and they try and get you know they try and deflect the fact that we've we've stuffed Liverpool. It's as simple as that. It, it was it was funny, um, and I don't think anyone. I'm sure Liverpool fans got irate when they saw it getting all all. You know, we won't say the word again as Ray's already we won't say it. But uh, you know, this this is it. It's nothing. It was absolutely nothing. Um, I'm sure. You know, you get caught up in the emotion of a game, and there's there's nothing in it. And the players the players weren't bothered about it. So what the hell? Yeah. Well, guys, Ray, what are you going to say something? Um, yeah, Ben said pretty much what I was going to say. Um, Klopp's done it a little bit of that. and I, Oh, maybe, yeah, he has. Maybe, maybe celebrating in the face of your opponent, one of your opponents is a little bit too much. And I think technically, technically he wasn't in the technical area. He was on the edge, but he was <laughs> into the technical area. But I mean, Ray, Ray we're, we're, we're talking about a manager here who grabbed his, his water bottle and used it as a masturbatory toy. At one game, um, let's not forget that. I mean, he—he's not a little bit shy about doing that himself. Can, I don't want to hear about your. That's that Klopp. Yes. Uh, <laughs> all right, that's Klopp. I thought you were talking about you. You're hacking back to your own past. Um, but look, uh, no, no, no. You remember that when he when he pulled the water bottle out and did that whole thing? I don't. I don't really remember. My, my point was going to be. My point was going to be. This reminds me of the uh, seventeen eighteen season when. We were splattering teams left, right and centre. And because they couldn't compete with us on the pitch, they talk about stuff off the pitch, trying to score points. And it's exactly like that. We battered Liverpool. I mean, yesterday was a complete and utter humiliation, especially in that second half. There's loads I could talk about when they Liverpool basically um, did down tools. Liverpool down tools after that second goal after 54 minutes. Salah was taken off after, off after 70 minutes when they'd given up. The players, had, a lot of them, had given up the ghost. So it was an utter humiliation. So all the journalists and the fans have got to talk about is something that happened off the field of play. And that's their go-to um, That's their go -to scenario. Talk about stuff that's going on off the field of play because there's nothing they can say about what happened on the pitch because they got battered, humiliated, embarrassed, brutalised by sitting in that second half. 
Well, let's talk about that. Um, uh, get back to uh, matters on the pitch. Um, uh, Bernard, it, it only took uh, one minute and uh, uh, Ray's best mate um, and uh, probably one of its biggest fans, Mares, scampering down the wing by released by Alvarez and uh, it's 2-1. And um, that, that that he actually made a monkey of Robertson there. Robertson, who's given a lot of credit for being the one player who's maintained his form in Liverpool's decline this season. Oh, Mares made an absolutely, you know, a, a fool of him for this goal. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Mares just literally ran onto it. He obviously, uh, was it um, Alvarez, wasn't it? Swung it out to the right. Uh, this was, what, 46 minutes. All the posh seats hadn't come back. Uh, fortunately, I was back in there. I'm always making sure I'm back in the ground just in case. And I think you remember last season, the 2-2 draw, I think Liverpool did a similar thing. They equalised in the first minute after in the, in the second half. So I was sort of uh, happy that we'd managed to do it this time. But yeah, Mares, acres of room. But what a pinpoint cross. I mean, that, that ball sit two or three inches shorter, two or three inches further back, and it, it wouldn't, wouldn't have worked. Uh, mm. Alisson just qu- couldn't quite get to it. The defender was nowhere near. I think Van Dyke, Dick Van Dyke was chasing <laughs> KDB, wasn't he? And, uh, sorry, right. And he uh, looked more like Dick Van Dyke and doing that. And, of course, KDB just took – he didn't he didn't falter in his run. He just assumed that the ball as a good – Good player would would uh, beat the keeper and got his studs on it and it's a cracking goal. But all credit to Alvarez for a great ball in the first place and, and Mares just did what was just pinpoint. I mean, it's a superb cross from Mares, absolutely brilliant cross across the goal. And I say Allison's got a bit of stick I've seen on on social media for this and a, one of the other goals as well. But uh, I just thought it was a pinpoint cross. There's not much you could do about it. Yeah, I've got two questions for Ray. Actually, two questions for Ray. Number one. Um, do you think that Alisson made a mistake in not coming out for that? And secondly, have you ever seen a player's reputation decline so swiftly as Van Dyke's has um, well, in, 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 in his authority in this particular season? Well, Bernard didn't mind Dick Van Dyke line. I've, I saved that one up from yesterday. I, was <laughs> yesterday. I, did it. I don't think I even used it on my, my, my show last night. I saved it for this pod. Anyway, um, and so uh, look, um, no, I, I think um, I think Alison, Alison Mary Poppins, is it? Is that the one? Uh, mm. I, I don't think you can blame him. Okay, I don't think you can blame him because it was a good cross. And look, he's intercepted others. He can't intercept everything, you know. So I don't. I'm not put, uh, putting any blame on him. Uh, although when I talk to my Liverpool friends, I probably will. But I, I think he he tried his best, and he knew he had to try. He couldn't let it run to KDB because KDB was uh, steaming to score. So uh, that's the first thing. Second, I, I just want to mention, KDB was offside when the ball was played by Alvarez. Now, actually, when Alvarez got the ball, people around me were shouting. KDB was in the middle, totally free. I think was it whoever had gone up, uh, you know, had left um, KDB in the middle there on his own. And we were hoping the ball would be played to KDB to run onto. And actually, Alvarez, I don't think, saw, saw that. He turned round. And then he threaded the ball out to to um, to to Mares. Those plonkers on the outfield wrap. I think they said the ball was meant for KDB. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it was so firmly, it was always meant to go out to to Mares. It was never meant for KDB. Look, shows how much they know. And then it was a great pass from Mares, spot on. KDB never give, give it up. And as Bernard said, you do what you should do. You 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 
have got to assume that the ball is going to come to you. You know, uh, you can't because if if KDB had held back, thinking the goalie might get this, then he wouldn't have got there in time. I don't think so. He had to get. It's a bit of a gamble. Uh, but you gamble on your player. You, he knows what how good Mares is. Mares put that pinpoint in, bang, uh, it's a goal. Uh, um, say, let's go onto our mate Dick Van Dyke. Um, from being supposedly the best player, best centre back in Premier League history, I actually watched something uh, this morning, and it was Anton Ferdinand and Jamie O'Hara. I mean, not the two most, the two quite actually, I think, cerebrally challenged. Because uh, <laughs> big shit most of the time, um, but a lot they play the game, so they've got their opinion is better than ours because they actually played the game at the top level. Uh, but uh, you know, as they're thick as pig shit, really, most of the time. Um, and I, obviously, Anton, when they did their list of top five, Anton obviously uh, picked um, Rio Ferdinand as number one. I think he picked Yapstam and, and Vidic as number two and three. Uh, but I think it, 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 both of them had company, I think, ahead of um, Van Dyke. In fact, Anton Ferdinand said, I can pick, se he picked seven or eight before he get down to Van Dyke. They've got John Terry, they've got Ledley King, you know, in there. You got people that you had even, you know, Saul Campbell was there. Uh, they mentioned a the young Tony Adams. Loads of people, loads of people. And same with, um, with um, what's his name, um, Jamie Harris. So, these are professionals who are saying Virgil van Dijk isn't at that level. He's had a good two or three seasons. Got to give him credit. He's had a good two or three seasons and he's looked he's looked the real deal, but he hasn't sustained it. And in seasons gone by, when he was a better player, when people said he was a much better defender, you've got to remember this. Three, three or four years ago, he had three or four years younger Henderson to help protect him. He had Ginny Wijnaldum in front of him to help protect him. And was it who else was the third one? Was it um, before Fabinho? Well, Fabinho, when he was there, much younger. You know, So these guys were the engine room of Liverpool. These guys provided the legs. These guys provided the fouls and everything else to stop attackers getting through, to put the pressure on defenders. City worked the same way. That's why we could have Fabian Delft playing at left-back. Okay, because the rest of our team, we had so much possession. They gave him, they offered him so much protection. Okay, that um, he didn't have to really be exerted too much. And actually, when he was, he was found wanting far too often. And it's the same with, I think, with Van Dijk. I'm not saying he's the same level as um, Delft. I obviously, you know, don't want people to twist my words. But he's certainly been promoted, especially by the Liverpool. Uh, writing media, you know, all, all those journalists and, and pundits saying he's the best ever and whatever. And and it's, people believe that. People believe that. It's the same when City fans said Laporte's the best, better than Van Dijk or Diaz is better than Van Dijk. you got this tribalism, you know, uh, tinted specs talking. He's very, very good. But he doesn't get into my top five in the in the, in, in the Premier League history. You know, Vincent Company's above him, and look, Vincent Company would be much higher if he hadn't been injured, same as Ledley King. So good though he is, you know, it's uh, a lot. You don't want to see players uh, um, on the decline. Uh, but since he's a Liverpool player, good. You know, he's he's back. He's back <laughs> at his level. He's back at his level. You know, he's at, he's had a purple patch for two or three seasons where he's had a much better, stronger um, midfield ahead of him. Now we're finding out what it's been like. And he's bobbins. This season he's been bobbins. And, you know, it's great for us to, to see that. And 
you know, any excuse Liverpool fans come up with just doesn't wash with me. Yeah, a quick sidebar, a uh, quick sidebar um, for uh, Bernard. Um, Van Dijk has has been very good, but you know we're old enough to remember Paul McGrath, and we're we're <laughs> we're old enough to re- we're old enough to remember Tony Adams. He isn't a patch on either of those two. No, I mean let, let's face it, he, uh, Van Dijk was playing is playing. Oh. Let's we, we've done, we said it with City. If, if Liverpool are playing well, which they have done for the last three or four seasons, Van Dijk is all part and parcel of that. And as Ray said, once he's, once certain areas of Liverpool's play starts to crumble a little bit, then there's extra pressure on players like Van Dijk. And you know these players you've just mentioned there, uh, Mike. Obviously, you know when teams come under pressure, you can sort of rely on them. But uh, obviously, Van Dijk hasn't proven or proven that he's capable of doing that. In a, you know, you put him in a weaker team, put him in a team that's mid-table towards the bottom, and he would constantly struggle because he just doesn't got that little little bit, something special that perhaps some of these players that you've already talked about and Ray's mentioned there and you've mentioned uh, had as, as centre-backs, as, as basic defenders. You know, there's lot, been lots of, of those in City's history as well over the over the years. So yeah, he, he's all right. He's fine as long as, as long as Liverpool are clicking, he's fine. But uh, once it starts to stutter along, that, that's when he gets exposed. I take Andy May over Virgil well, Van Dijk every day of the week. Well, I, I'm go, I'm going to go on record and say that I think that Andy Morrison, um, Andy Morrison, very very good. But I think pro- probably Paul McGrath with two dodgy D's was better than so many of uh, these yeah. other guys. But uh, anyway, guys, listen, uh, 53rd minute, we've got some lovely interplay between Alvarez and Maris, and we get the third goal. This is scored by Gundogan. Ray, do you remember something about this? Yeah, I mean, Mar- Maris got himself... Uh, you said there's a nice bit of interplay uh, uh, around the edge of the box and in the box. And Maris is in the box with about three, four Liverpool players around him. And at this point, Liverpool had about eight plays in the box plus the keeper, I think. And he managed to uh, find a gap and pass it through to uh, young Alvarez, who's probably about, what, 18 yards out. And I think he kind of was struggling to get the ball um, set for a, for a shot. Which yeah, he got it under his feet, didn't he, a little bit? Yeah, yeah. He was struggling with that. and then he man- But he did manage to get a decent shot off in the end, which, I mean, I actually listened to the Liverpool uh, LFC commentary. I watched their highlights this morning. It was only two minutes long, you know. Whereas everybody else was doing about the best part of three minutes because there's plenty going on. They did it for two minutes because obviously there wasn't many highlights for them. And uh, they said it was a good stop by Trent. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm 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 probably erring on the side of if you're going to stop it, you you, you should have cleared it much better than he did. And it just it basically just hit him rather than anything else. He didn't clear it. If he cleared it. When the ball comes in, it'd have got a, a decent welly on it. So it just hit him and it popped up to, to Gundogan, who took a touch to control it. And then he kind of, it's, it's like when I used to play football, sometimes you just don't know what to do. And he's like, he's there. He's got so much time thinking about what he does. And he just lifted it over uh, Trent Alexander's leg and into the corner. Alisson didn't really have a chance. It's kind of in it's kind of in slow motion. I'll tell you what, that's uh, uh, that's Mr. Clock on on the on the blower. <laughs> <laughs> He's looking for job advice because uh, we were uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk about him getting sacked in the morning. Um, no, I was a missus. Uh, but anyway, so she does exist, guys. Uh, um, so yeah, so it was it was a nice nice goal from from Gundogan in the end, three um, one, and you know within. 
know, nine minutes of the, uh, of the restart, game was over. And it was at that point that Liverpool, basically, we absolutely, basically, it was a, I actually, in my notes, wrote, it's a training ground exercise because we had so much possession. I don't know the stats in the first half and second half. The stats, I reckon, it's probably, um, you know, nearer to 50-50. But the second half, we were... Miles better. We just control that game. Well, we well let's just stop, stop there for a minute and, and and get ready to stop all his girlfriends calling him um, and go to uh, Bernard. Oh, and oh, uh, Bernard, I want to see on here. Bet all boyfriends. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bernard. Um, I I just wanted to um, to ask you: Have you formed an opinion about uh, Julian Alvarez uh, yet? Uh, does he remind you a little bit of like Aza Hartford or Dennis Stewart or a kind of a combination of those two or, or even better? What do you think? I think Alvarez is Alvarez. Um, I can't, you know, the, the nearest perhaps I always keep, I keep thinking of Jesus when he first started playing and what Jesus used to do for us bits of that. But it's nothing like him. He's nothing like Jesus. It's he, just, for me, he's Alvarez. He's just, he, he is what he is. He's he just, say, he's for such a guy, he's only young, uh, great talent, of course. He's at the right place at the moment to, to progress and hopefully he's settled in and he's, he's happy in himself, he seems to be, which is all that matters. And he's got the world at his feet. And for me, I'd just say Alvarez is Alvarez at the moment. As I say, I'm not going to compare him to anyone. He's just doing, you know, he's been asked to do certain things at certain times. He's been very patient, which is uh, it's all to, all to his, his uh, you know, all good for him, for being patient. And I'm, I, I think now, and this is why I was a bit, Angry with myself for not including him in my starting eleven because I, I thought I thought to myself he's got to be playing now because he's done enough to do that and he, he's got to be playing on a more regular basis so that's why I was angry but yeah I'm not going to compare him to anyone at the moment because I, I think he's just doing Alvarez things at the moment and hopefully we'll see more of that. I said it a few games ago, uh, but sorry, Mike, I said it a few games ago that Alvarez deserves to be starting, you know, and it's difficult to get him in the side. Um, and I think his stats are now he's got 17 goals and assists in 16 games. So he's, he's, if you want to look at stats and the numbers, he's got the stats, he's got the numbers. The problem I think we're going to have is, all right, Foden being injured, actually, is, could, it's bad for Foden, but it could be good for City because, um, you know, Alvarez might be able to get more game time. But I think the problem is going to be, the problem is going to be when everybody's fit, how do you get Foden, Grealish, Alvarez and Haaland into the same squad, into the same starting eleven. You know, I, I'll, I'll push Mares out for the time. How do you get those four players in? What What are you going to do? Because right now, each and every one of those deserves to be playing. Haaland demands to play because his his numbers are just incredible. But the other guys deserve to be playing. And I don't know how. You know, are you going to end up perming two from three uh, every game? Mm-hmm. Bernard, well, let's we we've got to talk about the fourth. And um, this is a um, lovely play between um, Gundogan and uh, De Bruyne. And uh, Jack Grealish finally uh, got his goal. Now, I know that you're a big fan of Grealish. Uh, I am too, because he's such a lovely fellow. You know, he, he reminds me a little bit of Damon Albarn from uh, from Blur, actually. Um, he's such a, a cheeky chappy. But um, um, he's really putting putting the the effort in now to, to try to really impress people. And uh, I think he's doing it, Bernard. 
Yeah, again, on the basis of what I was saying before, uh, the thing with Grealish is now City are clicking. Uh, Grealish's obvious talents are coming to the fore. He's loving it. We can see he's always loved it since he's been here. I think he's been getting plenty of stick, but I think I think he's enjoying himself. He enjoys playing football. It, that miss for England the other night didn't bother him too much. <laughs> that, that was a bit of a disaster. Having watched it back, I didn't watch the game, but I, was, I thought I'd have a look at the miss and it was awful, as we say. But yeah, he's, he's playing in a confidence team so uh, to actually score a goal that didn't get a deflection was nice as well I mean, obviously they remember the Arsenal one he scored which uh, took a, a wicked little nick which sort of beat the keeper so it was nice for him to actually put it in yes Alisson might have done better with it uh, he didn't he seemed a bit dodgy but again it was another great build up wasn't it it was another fantastic build up by City playing the channels looking for space knocking it around I think it was after this we, were doing, we weren't doing the old A's we were doing the A's the A's like every time we passed the ball but it's just a great team goal and I think Jack Grealish did everything right as I said I think Alisson might have done better with it uh, we've skirted over the gap pole dive, haven't we? We didn't not mention that. That was before that, wasn't it, as well, on 60 Minutes. But, uh, yeah, uh, he's, he's great. You know me and Grealish, as I say. I was, I was doubting him just a little bit this season after sticking up for him all last season, seemingly on my own. But uh, he's, he's come good again, fa- thankfully. And because the team's playing well, uh, Jack's standing out and let's hope it continues. I thought Ray would uh, appreciate my little comparison between him. Um... Jack Grealish and uh, Damon Albarn of of Blur in the country. Come on, do, do don't you think, um, Ray? No, 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 mate, mate, mate. Look, <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We're from Manchester. In the, in those days, you had to be Blur or Oasis, and in those days, I was Oasis. I might think no Gallagher Gallagher's a bit of a tosser these days, um, but you know, it's actually quite weird because I've gone. I'm more I'm more Liam Gallagher than Noel Gallagher these days. Um, I think most people are actually. My lad two years ago was all as you say, the other guy, and now now he's he's gone off him and he like he's, he's, he's weird, very weird. There's nothing else for that spunk ball well, comment. <laughs> <laughs> I th- I think the thing is that Lee, Liam had that rasp in his voice when he when he sang and 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 uh, I think that his brother didn't really have that. Um yeah, which was, Liam was um, Liam was a talent. Yeah. Anyway, what did you think about Le- that goal? Liam uh, still feels like one of the lads. Noel's yeah. sort of sold yeah. out a little bit. Noel's <laughs> sold out, and Liam, Liam still feels one of the gang, yeah. one of the lads now. Well, I think you asked what I felt about that goal. I mean, look, Grealish comfortably had his best game in a city shirt for me. Uh, he he did two great run backs. Well, we talked about one. There was another one where uh, he he I think he ran back into the corner to uh, to. To, to, to put, I think I, I can't remember who he and was Ray, you have been you have been sparing in your praise of Grealish up to now. I've been honest, mate. I'm, I don't wear blue tinted specs. I'm honest uh, about stuff, um, and he's not been delivering. But every time he got the ball, he looked dangerous. He every time he wasn't passing it back as well. I, he, occasionally he did, but most of the time he got that ball, he wanted to show off. He wanted to show everybody. Jack Grealish could do. He wanted to. He he played like he was in the school playground. You know, he was taking four or five men on. Right, he might have been going sideways, but he was taking people on, and he was showing them up, and he was reveling in it. And you know, I think he's enjoyed all the other games with the goals and everything. But you could just see that enjoyment, that confidence. He was buzzing. He was buzzing right through that game. He had a fantastic game, and you know, it was. He still got bits to learn. 
I'm you know, I'm not damning with my players, but he's got a bit to learn. When he pillared that ball to KDB, okay, he stopped. He played the ball out to KDB. Trent Alexander Arnold should have been actually getting there. He should have got there first. Uh, but he in fact, Trent Alexander Arnold stopped. He couldn't be asked to chase him back. And then Jack Grealish, I think he saw this and thought, hey, what the heck? I can get, you know, go forward. And he sat, then it was too late for Trent. Trent wasn't bothered. And Jack got his foot to the ball. Was it Virgil? Was it our mate Dick Van Dyke? He was in front of Alisson, put him off. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, he, he should be sweeping chimneys now, uh, should our um, uh, Virgil Van Dyke these days. But he, Jack Grealish, you know, wonderful performance. And everybody enjoyed it. You, I think was it was it KDB jumping up and down on the side of the pitch after that goal. And every time, every time you looked at City, you saw Erling Haaland after the equaliser. Even Edison, uh, even Edison was celebrating yeah, goals. Everybody celebrated <laughs> the first goal. Edison celebrating um, the first goal. They got uh, the TV cameras got picture, uh, you know, video of uh, footage of Haaland jumping up and down, and celebrating towards the end of the game. Haaland was doing the pause, and everybody was doing the pause, and it was just a, it was a, a superb performance and a joyous occasion. We absolutely reveled in it, and it was wonderful to put one over on the scouts. We 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 really enjoyed it, um, uh, Bernard. But not to rain on anyone's parade. But um, Arsenal went and did the same thing against Leeds. And um, I'm just wondering how you think this is going to end up. I mean, um, uh, I spoke to my dad um, about this game and he kind of said, yeah, but he, he kind of equates Arsenal with Spurs. and He thinks that Arsenal will disintegrate. I'm not entirely sure about that. They've got Jesus back and he scored. Um, wh what do you think is going to happen, Bernard? Well, we just have to keep winning, mate, as, as Pep said. Literally, if we, if we win every game, we have a chance. And it is a chance. I'm not saying if we win every game, we'll win it because it doesn't work like that, unfortunately, does it? Because they've got the benefit of uh, points in the bag. But uh, that's what we've got to do. And Arsenal don't look as though they're going to they're gonna crack any time soon. And we've been saying this since probably 10 games into the season, we've been saying this. So, you know, it's like the old Leicester City syndrome, wasn't it? We all said they'd crack at some stage. But Arsenal, I mean, there's going to be key games. They're going to Anfield next week, of course, yeah. So let's hope uh, Liverpool bounce back and do something. And then they've got to come to ours. And there's, there's a lot of still plenty of games to go at. But, hey, all we can do is keep winning. Our problem is we didn't, you know, whilst we were getting used to Haaland at the start of the season when you looked at that fixture list we should have been above Arsenal by the time we come to the World Cup break we weren't, we were behind Arsenal by points now if you look at that fixture list we had we had an easier start than Arsenal we should have been ahead but because getting used to this Haaland equation we, we didn't, we, we struggled and we all know we struggled constantly before that World Cup break and we did well to hang on in his second place in fairness and that's cost us because at the moment uh, we're looking superb. We're looking as though we can win all our games, in theory. It looks very possible. But all credit to Arsenal. There's certainly no reason to believe that they they, they will slip up at the moment. They keep, they keep doing the business. Well, let's go over to Ray for his analysis. Ray, well, what do you think of Arsenal and how do you think this season might play out? OK. If we win all our remaining games, I'm convinced that we will win the title if we win all our remaining games because that that means we beat Arsenal when we play them that gets the gap down to two points yeah, two points and I see Arsenal dropping a point somewhere and it might be Anfield next week might be when they go to Newcastle you know, Newcastle have bounced back you know Newcastle even though they sit in fifth 
They got two games in hand over Spurs, and they're two points behind. And actually, they play Man United today at home. If they beat Man United, they go into third position, and they'd be pretty confident of getting Champions League football next season because with eleven games to go, you know the, the third the, the position. Um, so they've got so much to play for, and that's one of the games that they've got left. They've got Leeds, which could be difficult. Oh, no, sorry, they beat Leeds. So the, the three um, big games are the two big ones. I can think: the City, Liverpool, and Newcastle. Um, they're all big games, and Arsenal. If we beat them, I think they'll drop. They'll drop two points somewhere along, and then it'll come down to goal difference, where it's only slightly better off, two goals better off than Arsenal. So, and I'm convinced if we win the remaining games, we win the league. But will we win all our games? That's the thing because there's so much else in the mix. There's a Champions League that's in the mix, and when you get to the semi-final stage, we've seen it before in the FA Cup. We've we've ditched the FA Cup by putting out a weak inside um, because you know that we were going for the Champions League. Uh, qualification so it's going to you know thankfully I think Haaland will be back we've only got four and out so we've got pretty much a full squad almost to pick from um, we've got a good bit of momentum you know look at our last three games um, seven goals against Leipzig five was it six against Burnley um, yeah. and, um, and 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 four goals against Liverpool so um, you know we, we're used to scoring we haven't let too many goals in which has been good as well so I, I think we'll go on, you know. But look, end of the day, if Arsenal, honestly, if Arsenal can win, if Arsenal win eight of their next nine games, you've got to take your hat off to them because they will end up with ninety-six points. That's incredible, and that's the kind of number of points that deserves to win the league title. Um, and not many teams have got more. Liverpool with ninety-seven, yeah. City with ninety-eight, Liverpool with ninety-nine, City with hundred. So. Only Seems to have got more. So if Arsenal win it at the nine games, they'll deserve to win it. I'll take my hat off and say City's B team have won the title. Yeah, Bernard, uh, I think a lot of City fans think that, well, you know, so long as it's not United or Liverpool, we can we can kind of deal with it. But um, as we uh, draw to the end of this particular podcast, um, uh, I just want to move into the final section for a few minutes called AOB. Bernard, um, um, Lots of manager managerial uh, merry-go-round, and uh, in fact, our our next um, uh, opponents in the Champions League have dropped their manager uh, Nagelsmann and, and brought in Tuchel, um, and uh, a, a, a lot of sort of like managerial changes. Um, what do you think about what's been going on that way? Well, as far as uh, Bayern Munich, I'm, I'm a bit confused, but I mean, obviously, they probably. Think they know what they're doing, but uh, I don't. I don't agree with the panic that all all of a sudden set in that it's Tuchel. Uh, not, I mean, we know we know what Tuchel's like. If anything, that I think it'll benefit us. Tuchel taking over by Mew than the other guy who was in charge. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's a guy still hanging on as far as I know as well. Not not far away is it at Chelsea after uh, not the greatest uh, result yesterday. I assume he's still in his job. Is he Ray? I've not heard I've not heard yeah, anything yet. Yeah, well, I, I was going to ask Ray. How, how long do you think? He He's going to hang on. Um, I think Champions League. I think Champions League is what it's going to be all about. If Look, if they beat Madrid, he hangs on and hangs on. Because if he gets Champions League qualification, because that's really what it's about, then I think he can stay on next year. Look, he takes time. When he first went to Brighton, people are now just talking about him being brilliant and all that. When he first went to Brighton, 
it weren't. I don't think it was a great watch, and they only just stayed up. Second season, it was you know a bit higher mid table. Third season, much better. So he's taken time to develop. Now that's going to be his argument, and and people who support him, he needs time. Next season will be better than this season. I think if he gets Champions League football, um, then he stays. He might get lucky. He might get lucky uh, because there's a Chelsea got a lot of issues going on now with the, with the finances because. Um, they need to get rid of some players. They need to get the wages down because soon, very soon, we're going to have this new um, rule where you've got to your wages can't be within. I think it's the next three years. Going to be seventy percent of your turnover, and it goes down every year. And Chelsea's is, Chelsea's wages are ridiculous at the moment, so they need to get rid of players. There's talk of obviously players don't want to leave. Chelsea might have to pay them to leave. <laughs> ridiculous. They might have to pay their players to leave and. You know, if Potter, I don't know what contract he's on, but Potter could be on a contract where they have to pay him 20 million to leave, and they're gonna to have to at some point bite the bullet and say, you know, it's it's they're gonna lose more money with him being there than not, but uh, than what they'd have to uh, obviously pay his compensation. But I think, yeah, Champions League, if, if they get battered by Madrid, that that might be enough, but you know, uh, chairman says he supports him, so uh, Potter's I, I don't know how Potter's lasted this. If it was Abramovich, Potter would have gone. You know, Potter would have gone. Um, but and it's also who else is out there. You know, I don't I, I don't see why Chelsea don't bite the bullet and get Nagelsmann because he didn't want to go to Spurs. Who wants to go to Spurs? You know, he, Chelsea's a much better Pochettino wanted to go to Spurs. Pochettino wanted to go back to Spurs. If they wanted him back, he'd have been back already, wouldn't he? You know, yeah. he's, he's yeah, apparently, apparently he was told no. He wanted to go back, but he was yeah. told no. So if you believe what what you read, <laughs> oh, but, but Bernard, look, they've they've fired um, Conte. If they had Poch, uh, Poch wanted to go back, and they had him lined up, he'd be there already. He'd been there two weeks ago. So I don't see Pochettino. Why would they leave Pochettino for the end of the season? What you wouldn't do that. You get uh, what, in their opinion, a, 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 a tried and proven manager, apart from his last season. And they'll, they would have got him back yeah. to finish the season off and well, try. And Spurs, play. Spurs' line is that he wanted it, but they've rejected him. So yeah. Yeah. Spurs, Spurs, <laughs> who cares? Who cares? Well, uh, guys, nearly finished now. Nearly finished, but um, Bernard, it does give us hope uh, for all of us oldsters that Roy Hodgson gets a job at like the <laughs> seventy-five. How the hell did that happen? Oh, leave the poor man. He should be retired. He should be in a retirement home, for God's sake. Leave the poor guy alone. I didn't I didn't watch Match of the Day last night. I don't know what he's looking like, but, you know, it's a bit like Ferguson at Old Trafford, all right? He's, uh, you know, hanging in there and still hanging around like a bad smell, of course. But, uh, well, you some what a lovely guy. Well, I'm sure he got a great welcome. He, they won, which is uh, even more important. But, you know, this guy obviously lives for football and that, that's, that's his life. And uh, you think of people like... Like uh, Robson, people like managers like that. He's in that sort of frame, isn't he? That sort of like Neil Warnock and um, Bobby uh, Robson. Yeah. He, he Bobby, Rob- Bobby Robson was good right until the end. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But he, he is what he is, and I, I just think he should be on a on a beach somewhere. But obviously, that's not what he wants, is it? Why? Why not? Good luck to him. I I, I wanted Palace to go down. I'm not 100 percent sure now whether I do want them to go down. Now he's gone back there, but uh, yeah, all credit to the old bloke. I still want Palace. Ray, what do you what do you think about these septuagenarian <laughs> managers um, uh, taking these jobs? Look, look, and where's Sam Allardyce in, in all of this? No, forget forget Fat Sam. Um, look, I think 
Patrick Vieira was very unfortunate because they went through a, a phase where they'd lost a lot of games, but they were playing teams above them. So they were playing all the teams above them. And in the last eight games he was there, where they lost, what was it, four, five, six games, whatever. Well, it was. It's hard to play someone below you when you're <laughs> down at the, the bottom. Are you? I, know, I know what you're oh, saying. Come on, you, you you, yeah, they, were, well. they were playing top team. They were playing the they better got, team. Uh, yeah. Hodgson's turned up. They're playing teams. <laughs> so Hodgson's got all the easy games. Uh, bet your bottom dollar, You put, uh, if the positions were reversed, Hodgson would have struggled against uh, her in those games. And uh, I think Patrick Vieira is just unlucky. And But... If you ask me right now, which I'm sure you're going to do, I want um, Palace to go down. I would like West Ham to go down and Everton to go down. Oh, Ray, I thought West Ham were our, were our best friends. They're not, no, we have some affinity with them, but uh, David Moyes, man. David Moyes, get, get him down. Yeah, there's, there's that, yeah. No, and, and Everton, they're fans of... Uh, you know, this West Ham, let's face it, is one of the worst grounds to watch football yeah. at, so they probably yeah. deserve it just for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, those, those um, you know, but it's still so tight because Palace are in 12th with 30 points, Southampton have got 23, it's you know, seven points separating them. But uh, below that, you've got Forest on 27, Bournemouth on 27, Leeds on 26, Everton 26, Leicester 25. West Ham 24, Southampton 23. So Southampton have got it all to play for. Are we playing them soon, Bernard? I think we are. I think we are, love. Yes, I've not got my ticket yet, but it's supposed to be coming at some stage. But, but it's not. Uh, but yes, we're playing those next Saturday, aren't we? On uh, uh, and of course they need the points. Uh, but obviously, let's hope it's not. A, I'm sure it's not going to be the same as the Carabao Cup game, which was an absolute disaster, of course. And we're, we're gonna we're gonna go strong. We're gonna go strong. I mean, we've got a certain big game after, haven't we? So we'll have to what see what have we got, have we got, to see what Pep decides with this one. But uh, we, we should be quite capable of beating Southampton. Have we got a game this week? No. So, um, I think we're going. Uh, my feeling is we got um, we got Bayern on the Tuesday, and we got Southampton on Saturday. Yeah. I think you've got to look at each game individually. Put your best team out against Southampton. Okay. I don't think you can look at it any other way. You've I think got the, the benefit. The benefit Pep's got now. I think there's a, a, a nucleus of what 15, 16 players that are, are playing pretty well, so he can he can afford to make four or five changes yeah. without too much detriment. Look, look, look at look at the players who didn't play yesterday: Haaland, Bernardo, Laporte, and can you think of any other main players? Walker. So there's four players there who didn't there's, play. There's four changes you could make, and the team yeah. wouldn't, wouldn't wouldn't be any worse. Yeah, absolutely. So. I think that's, uh, and obviously you've got Rico Lewis as well, but you've got four changes there. I mean, I, I'd throw Rico, Rico Lewis into mix because you could put him at left back again. So, and then put him into midfield. So, this five players, I think we wouldn't complain about if I don't want to make five changes. I want to make two or three because this is a fantastic performance. And I, I want to go in against Southampton with probably nine of the 11. If not yeah. more, yeah. you know, I mean, I, I would probably put Bernardo in for, for Gunduan, something like that. Um, maybe Walker or Rico Lewis, and maybe Laporte. Get them some time against Southampton, and then bring your big guns back for Bayern Munich. And I, I think the crucial, I, I think I'm looking at the fixtures now. It's crucial and lucky that I think we've got Leicester on the Saturday after we play Bayern Munich. We've got four days. Leicester obviously struggling in the bottom three, leaking goals like crazy. Um, because it's the game between the Champions League games that's the worry. You know, we've had that in the semi-finals when it's been the FA Cup. So I think we can rest players for, for Leicester 
bring the big guns back for Bayern Munich. Uh, and then after Bayern Munich, we've got the uh, FA Cup semi-final, which actually is great to have it after that. Because in the past, I think it's been in between Champions League games. I remember once when we played Chelsea in, in the FA Cup, it was in between the um, Dortmund games or something. Yeah, Pep's, Pep's always been lucky at that Champions League game. That's why he's made big changes and played weaker teams. I think we can make change in the FA Cup again. But the, the wonderful thing is, for, from City's point of view, we've not got the Champions League. We've, we're not sandwiched between Champions League games. So we can basically, I mean, it's, it's, it's set up nicely for us. We send out our first team against, uh, with a couple of changes against uh, Southampton. First team against Bayern Munich. Rest players for um, Leicester. First team against Bayern Munich. Let's hope we get through. Then we've got the FA Cup final on, on the semi-final on Saturday after Bayern Munich, which means we can rest three or four players, hopefully. Then we've got Arsenal on the Wednesday, bring out your big guns again. Then we've got Fulham away uh, uh, the, at the weekend. So each time you can be bringing back, hopefully, your big guns at the right time. We've got, I think just the fixtures just look nicely set up. You know, we've got no one to blame but ourselves if we don't go on uh, and do well in all competitions now. Well, fantastic, guys. Uh, let's bring this to an end. And um, uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, let's um, uh, have some final uh, thoughts from uh, Bernard. And also, when I asked Bernard to do this, um, you're aware of his um, other channels. Uh, Bernard, um, give us your final thoughts and also give us a good give us a good recommendation for a movie that we could watch. <laughs> uh, well, I've just watched what did I watch oh, you know you put me on the spot if you prepared me I would have would have said watch actually I've been watching your channels I've been watching your channels a nice modern romantic comedy I've watched set in set in London set in uh, Peckham uh, Rye Lane that's an interesting one for younger for our younger listeners you know a bit, I, I had to go sort of a bit out of my demographic but I quite liked it I quite enjoyed it so there's there's a film for you Rye Lane I'm watching John Wick I've watched John Wick recently for that's crap I did like John Wick 3 right, so I'm I'm and of course uh, yeah April, City, April. We got the first game out of the way. Great victory. Got as Ray just rattled off there. We got some big games coming up. I'm hopefully the only one I'm not got a ticket for at the moment. It's a Fulham game, but uh, uh, I'll be at all the others, hopefully. So, yeah, um, a, a big month and we got off to a cracking start. So, uh, onwards and upwards. Well, same to Ray. Ray, uh, give us your final thoughts. And for you, give us a nice piece of music that you'd recommend for our <laughs> listeners to, to, to get down oh, to. And you could go spot. back as far as you like. Put me on the spot. Um, so what would, before the music recommendations, what do you want me to say? Uh, any any piece of music that you think is inspirational? Right, I thought there was a question before the music, but anyway. Um, just, just about City, I think. Let's think. Piece of music. All right. What I've been actually, I've been listening to some. Oh, you, no one's going to listen to this. I've been listening to f some French music last few days because my la in my in the car, my lads put on. I've got some. Hey Ray, have you have you ever heard of a have you ever heard of a French star called Stromae? No, Mike, because he's not French. No, is he is he Belgian? He's from Belgium. Yeah, he's from Belgium. Uh, so. Right. That, 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 that's a, that's a uh, he's a very interesting rapper. I've, I've got a few of his albums, yeah, from years back when he had a song called Papa Ute. Uh, now we're getting on to that. So that means, Father, where are you? 
Great, great video. He did another one before that, which was a, a dance, a Euro, Euro dance hit called Allure on Dance. Um, Allure on Dance. Yes, I remember that one very well. Did that with a French, he did a video with a French comedian for that one. That was quite, quite good. Uh, was that Jamal? Um, he was, uh, I'm going back now. He's a, was a Tunisian. He's from North Africa anyway, and I think he, he got either an electricity pylon or an electric train or something. He ended up burning his arm or getting a deformed arm. So you'll see him uh, like that with a bit of a disability. So he did that video, and he's done uh, another one called, uh, I remember, Formidable. So he's done a good few songs. What I've been listening to recently is um, some old stuff from Matra Games and Black M, uh, which, mm -hmm. uh, you know... Uh, uh, your children will like them, not not the adults. But I, I used to listen to them years back, um, you know. But if I was going to, what else would I suggest? What I've been listening to, uh, I always think anything from the eighties is, is class. Go and listen to eighties music. Go and listen to Talk Talk. The Color of Spring is one of the best albums you will ever find, um, in my opinion. It's one of my favorite albums. Color of Spring uh, from Talk Talk. Well, there you go, guys. You've, yeah, had, you've had the movie, yeah, you've had the music. Chuck a bit of Ramstein in as well. Ramstein, excellent band from obviously from Germany. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, thank you so much. Tetris. Tetris thank is a good film as well. Tetris, there you go. There's another one I've watched recently. Tetris, good film. Yeah, I'll throw in another one, guys, called The Serpent and the Rainbow that, um, oh, that Bernard God, might back. remember from a lot, <laughs> like a long time ago, a well, kind of semi-horror film. listeners won't remember stuff like that, mate. Come on. <laughs> probably not, probably not. But, hey, it's good to get caught up. Listen, thank you so much, guys. It's been a fantastic pod. I really enjoyed it. It's a monster pod, and we'll put it out and... Um, We'll just um, uh, basically finish off here and say thank you. You've been listening to uh, Ray Bubbles. Thank you, Ray. Hey, no worries, buddy. And you've been listening to Bernard. Bernard, thank you so much. No problem. Come on, city. Come on, city. Okay, so we'll finish off here in the normal way and say have one on us, guys. Have one on us. And up the blues. Up the blues. Up the blues.